This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello there and welcome to a very special Blood Red podcast. Uh, I'm Joe Rimmer and I'm feeling extra small today because I've got two big men alongside me. I've got Blood, Ca- uh, Blood Red podcast regular, tall Paul Ghost. Hello Paul. Good afternoon Joe. Yeah, but you're not looking so tall today are you? No, no um, for a change. No for a change, you've been overshadowed. I'm delighted to say that joining us, uh, I've got all this written down, it's a three-time WWE champion, um, a former world heavyweight champion, a four-time WWE Raw Tag Team Champion, a two-time United States Champion, a Royal Rumble, wi- Royal Rumble winner, a Money in the Bank winner, a King of the Ring. He's also a massive Liverpool fan. Hello to WWE superstar Seamus. How are you doing? Yeah, doing thanks for well. having me on. Yeah, I'm, thanks, I'm delighted. Finally, we got the I got to get here and yeah, yeah, get yeah. on the show. It's been in the works for a little while now, hasn't it? Yeah, back in, was it November time? It was, it was November, yeah, I just yeah, missed yeah. you. And then uh, the schedule and everything, that, like when you were going to come back here in April, mm. we come back to UK twice a year for, for mm. shows, uh, including two TVs that we do. The only Really, it's the only other uh, country in the world that we do TVs, yeah. apart from yeah. the United States and Canada. So uh, that's great. Great to be back. Yeah. Enjoying being back in Liverpool? I am, yeah. Um, we're halfway through the tour already. Uh, we've also done a lot of, we've actually done three back-to-back tours. We did WrestleMania, which included working Christmas Day and New Year's Day, all the way up to Mania. Then we went straight to South Africa. South Africa, straight back for a day or two, straight back to Saudi Arabia. Back here and then back overseas again. So, uh, excuse me, I don't know what month it is or day it is. The only <laughs> thing that has me... Uh, has got my uh, calendar bearings right is the fact that the Champions League is at the end of the month. 28, right? 26. You know what? Two we'll, days late. <laughs> Have you turned on the TV and it's over? We'll, we'll, we've got right into it. Uh, we've got plenty to get through. We want to talk about sure. your life as a, as a WWE superstar. But let's talk about Liverpool first because uh, what an exciting time it is to well, be a Liverpool fan. It's it's amazing. Um, I mean, like you're going to have to cut me off sometimes because I have a chance. No, like no. all the Dubliners that like the waffle you know <laughs> so uh no unbelievable like you know it's just i think it's a liverpool fan from from an early age like i started supporting liverpool when i was seven you know and uh i started playing football kind of got like getting into really getting into football I was seven years old i'm picking liverpool obviously because of the huge irish contingent for me you know aldridge houghton mm-hmm. um and such Staunton was in there as well, Whelan. And I think that, uh, you know, for me, watching watch Liverpool, we were, we were so successful from yeah. the beginning, you know? Like, we miss out on the double, it would be like crisis time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, how do we miss out on the double again? You know, we're so close to winning so many doubles. Uh, and, uh, you know, then we, you know, after that leash era, we kind of hit that slump, you know, as soon as came in and the team had, had aged. And then it was just a very, very unfamiliar feeling as a Liverpool fan to like not be winning the league and then not really being in contention to win the league um, there's been a lot of ups and downs over the last couple of decades I mean since we last won the, the, the championship in, in, in 1990 we have some great moments in between like we obviously won the, the European Cup in, that, in uh, Istanbul that night at 3-3 which was incredible against AC Milan we won the treble uh, you know the FA Cup, uh, League Cup, and then the uh, the UEFA Cup. You know, great some great highlights. But all all to me back then, it really felt like they were just highlights. You know, I never really felt like the way Liverpool team is now. I've never felt as confident the way the team is going forward. It was always like, 
how do I say this in the words? There was a couple of spikes there, and we won a couple of tri- a couple of high spots. They call it in wrestling, but like you never really felt that at the time uh, from my experience that the team was really gonna keep up researching forward you know especially when you had United around there at the yeah. time and everything so this time this feels different this feels like we're, we're building we're building like momentum every every month every season with Klopp there as well and this just this feels like it's a building process and this Champions League final feels exactly like that well, you mentioned in November 2015 when Klopp had been at Liverpool about three weeks you kind of said he's the man to lead Liverpool forward I predict great things and the people are going to get back to where they were, as you mentioned, in, in the 80s and so on. You know, you, how kind of, how proud have you been to, to watch that Liverpool team kind of come to fruition this season? I mean, very proud. Like, the, the way they play football too. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, they're still, we're still going through that, that process of where, you know, we're finding a rhythm. There has been ups and downs. There has been hiccups here and there. But the way they play, they're playing with their heart on their sleeve, you know. Um, they're all playing. You can see how, how hard they're playing for the manager, and like they're they're giving everything on the pitch. Um, I love watching them. Like before, like the Rogers era, I was. I mean, I, I remember. I actually was at Anfield, and they talked about Rogers, and their people were like, "Well, you know, we we came so close to the league." But again, that was another high spot for me. Yeah, you know, yeah. like if they won it, like you know, the next season, then you know, we we lingered again, and that, that's that's what I'm trying to talk about. All these periods of all these like titles or uh, these cups we've won like the, the Champions League we've won or like FA Cups are, are getting close it just felt like a spike it didn't have, but like it never felt like we're building on anything so when Rogers was there I was like you know you got to give him a time people were like Rogers there Rogers there but like my, my, my mentality is it always has been is like like, like I, so being, a, being a, in the public eye um, back in 2012 2013 I was W champion I was also the baby face Whoever's familiar with Roman Reigns, there they'll see him. He goes out there every week, and he'll—he's uh, considered the good guy, the, the main good guy, WWE, the kind of face of WWE. And he'll go out there, and they'll boot a, they'll boot a crap out of him. You know what I mean? And it's just like it's become a, a thing now. Every week and every every Raw, every pay per view. And I was going—I went through the same yeah. process back then. And social media, Twitter was really starting to pick up. And I'd see all these comments, man, and it'd be like just ripping me apart, you know. And I go out there every 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 TV, every pay-per-view, and I would literally like batter my body up to get people emotionally involved in the match, the matches that I was in. But uh, it's like, you know, um, when you see all these comments, like, you know, it does get you because you read them, you know, yeah. they're, they're there, like you open your social media. The same can be said about the Liverpool team. Like, you know, like when I read, I read stuff like talking about like, like ripping apart Mignolet, Carius, Lovren, like, I'm from Liverpool fellow Liverpool fans like for me it's like that's the wrong attitude to have like Liverpool Football Club it prides itself on being a family club you know it's a big family yeah. that's that's the whole point it's people coming together um, you know and supporting the team that they love and support it's like a, a huge bond and you know what I mean whatever that 90 minutes is or 120 whatever it is like you have those players and they're part of the team and it, it should be the opposite you should be encouraging them to get better encouraging them to you know, to get through whatever route they're going through. You know, everyone makes mistakes. And, of course, being a defender or a, um, a goalkeeper, you're more in the public eye, you know. Yeah, if, yeah. if Salah goes up there and misses a penalty or, you know, or, you know, he misses an open goal, which you've seen from, from Matt, like, they all do it. You know what I mean? We all, we're all human. Like, there's not as much critique on them as there would be, you know, in the back. So there's a lot of pressure. But 
my mentality has always been to support those guys. Like, and you can see how much Carius and Lovren have come on. Yeah, well, yeah. I was going to follow that up with, you must be so impressed by the likes of Carius, Lovren, uh, Jordan Henderson has had a lot of yeah. stick in the past, and, and those guys have really come to the fore this season, haven't they? They have, they have. Um, Carius too, you know, like, Carius is young. People forget how young he is. And you're gonna have, it takes time to adapt to, to a different game and a different league and, and, and different surroundings. And, like, um, when... Uh, What's that? Uh, what's the keeper for United called again? To get it. when he came in in the beginning, he was he wasn't like he wasn't any. It wasn't what he is now. No. Yeah. You know, he made a fair share of errors, fair share of mistakes. Like he was wobbly in there, but like now he's one of the best goalkeepers in the world because he just you know like it just takes time. Yeah. And Carius already has shown that for him. He's a, yeah. I think he's a great shot stopper, yeah, yeah. and the more and more he gets in there, especially with Van Dijk coming in, like I think Van Dijk like. I don't want to jump ahead because I'm sure you got a lot of questions. Yeah, Again, yeah, I'm, yeah, you know, it's just yeah, I'll, I'm passionate about it, so I'll just talk about it. But uh, like Van Dijk coming in there has just changed the whole, just the whole dynamic of that back. Like you just you have a leader in there, and I think that's exactly what Carius and uh, and Lover needed. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think with with Van Dijk, he's helped to come in and, and kind of calm it down, as you say. And I think Liverpool finished with 17 clean sheets, which, which is the most since 2009. Yeah. Did, how much of an impact has he played in doing that? Huge impact. Like he just, he's just taken taking the bull by the horns. They say like I'd say something else, but this is a you know a fact. <laughs> but like he's just gone in there and just stamped his stuck his foot in and said, look, this is the way it's going to be. And um, he's been supportive of, of the entire back four and um, the other three around him, and the, you know and, and the keeper. And it's just like you can see the difference he's made already. It's such a short period of time he's just gone in there and taken over, and that's exactly what Liverpool needed. Like we've had like great like leaders in the like I can't remember, so Hippie was a great center half for me. Yeah. Like uh, he really was, um, and I think in the shape form and Hippie to me was one of the best center halves we had since Hansen. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that like with Hippie there, um, he's kind of in that that shade. But I think I feel like he's younger and he's got a lot more a lot more to him than yeah. like than Hippie had. No disrespect, Hippie was amazing. That's why we won what we won. You yeah. know what I mean? He was a great center half. But like I really feel like this is. Oh man, I'm so excited. Yeah, there's a great parallel to me because I think yeah. there's a lot of similarities between Van Dijk and Hibbert, the way they command, the way they win the ball. But he's, he's, he's got so much more, with respect to Hibbert on the deck though, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Yeah. And he's, I feel like maybe younger, but he's also yeah. got yeah. a lot more yeah. speed, a lot more, yeah. a bit more presence than Hibbert yeah. had. Yeah. Uh, I suppose it all comes down to Klopp though, doesn't it? And how impressed have you been by how quickly he's made Liverpool into it this is the first season back in the Champions League and already they're European force aren't they? They are um, he's given them a lot of self-belief mm-hmm. uh, you'll never really hear him tear the players down no, really. um, he's always supportive of of, of, uh, of their play and when I look for example look at Oxley Chamberlain like for example that was yeah, no. goal of the season he got I think it was one against yeah. Man City like unbelievable like yeah. it's such a shame that you know he got uh, he got injured but um he made a huge difference. Even like, like you can see, like, like it's like interviewers and stuff. Like you know, even like Sky Sports and all these other like. Yeah. So I get to see a lot of games through NBC in the states. Mm-hmm. So it's free on TV. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, not mean to rub it in over here. <laughs> but, uh, I used to have a hard time getting me dad to pay for the uh, Sky Sports package <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Come on, dad, please. I'll mow the grass five times a day. You know what I mean? Anything to get the, the so I can watch the football. And um, try and get past Miguel from this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you get to see it. Like, and you see everyone gravitates. He has that personality. Everyone just gravitates towards Klopp. You know, everyone wants to know what he has to say, and mm-hmm. he's just very, very 
he's just such a great personality he's very down to earth he's got no ego whatsoever and he just loves football and he wants to play football and he wants to win and obviously you mentioned the, the likes of Van Dijk and, and Karius what can you say of Mohamed Salah you know, unbelievable unbelievable like uh, Jesus you know like, I, like, I actually met him with Cesaro we were at Rome yeah, huh? might have been a year ago actually was it a year ago? Oh, yeah, it was um, back in November, wasn't it? Was it at SmackDown, was it? Uh, no, it's we're in Roma for a live event and we met him. We met him and um, oh, your man for the, the old Arsenal keeper now just went to Juventus. Oh, Chesney. Chesney, yeah. He just kept making Ed Sheeran jokes the whole time. I was like, mate, it was funny after the, like the fifth time. Chesney did? Yeah. <laughs> kept calling me Ed Sheeran. Like, it's just... I wanted the broke. I was going to rub it in about the Arsenal, but it's like, oh, I won't say anything. We're just yeah. guests here at Roma. But like, uh, Salah was great. Again, totally down to earth. Wasn't sure he knew much about wrestling. Came over, real nice, yeah. took pictures yeah. and all. Like, it was it was class. Yeah. And then, like, a year later, he's, you know, he's tearing it up at Liverpool. But like, unbelievable season. But like, it just, it just, I don't, like, with Salah, amazing but like look at the support around them look who's around them yeah. too it's like it's like everybody is complimenting everybody yeah. that's why I never really like like picking out one player yeah. or highlighting on one player it's because it's there's a lot of moving parts you know Firmino's had an unbelievable season you know Mane mm -hmm. you know Henderson like unfortunately Lallana's been injured a lot you know but it's just uh it's just a lot of moving parts Emir Khan as well so hope we don't lose but if he wants to go, he wants to go. That's, yeah. We'll find somebody else and someone better. Yeah. Seems like a really great team spirit at Liverpool right now. Can you draw any parallels between that and, and WWE? Like locker room type spirit? Yeah, I think um, I think it's, it's one of them. Me, Cesaro and Rusev, we're yeah. three Europeans. Rusev, of course, is a Real Madrid sure. fan. I don't know why, because I always slag Rusev off because like, he's Bulgarian. Yeah. You know, I'm Irish and I support Liverpool, right? But it's a strong tie between Ireland yeah. and Liverpool, especially with the, I mentioned the Irish players. Barcelona had Stoichkov, who's Bulgarian, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And he still supported Real Madrid. That just blows my mind. I bring it up and he's just trying to change the subject the whole time. But he, in fairness, he is an avid Real Madrid fan, you know. Um, but I think me, Cesaro and Russo, we'll, we'll, the three of us have that dynamic. We'll, we'll all look out for each other. We all like, you know, same type of personality, sense of humour. <laughs> but we'll all go back and forth and bicker each other now and again like three brothers you know what I mean sure. that, that dynamic who, who does Cesaro support because we've seen him on, on Raw with you know Philip Bill Kitts but yeah. is he he lost the bet he had to wear that right. but also was in Manchester so doing stuff he likes his biggest team is Juventus yeah, right. he loves Juventus and um, I think he was a big fan like so he's obviously Swiss and obviously Ireland and Bulgaria haven't qualified for the World Cup so probably me and Rusev would probably have to end up going uh, Switzerland uh football kits but um, he uh, I always slag him off like, so we're always having to go with each other so I, I did a couple of interviews and I was like he loves uh, Sarah loves young boys and he, uh, he gets hot because there's a team called Young Boys yeah. in Switzerland which is very shady uh, but he gets he gets really hot on me you know yeah. so Juventus is his team yeah. but I don't think he can tell people he likes young boys because it doesn't the football club I mean so you're going to be watching the final with, uh, with Rusev are you or uh, no he's going to be in Bulgaria and I'm going to be somewhere in the States. So uh, after all these tours and everything, I re I'd love to go to, to the game. I'd love more than I need to go to the game. I mean, I, um, after all these tours, I don't know. I wouldn't know where to, first of all, I wouldn't know where to start to get a ticket. Yeah. And then two, uh, with all these um, with all the tours I've done as well, I'm, you know, I'm kind of looking to get back home. But uh, also on top of that, I wouldn't want to take a ticket away from somebody 
yeah. you know, who's been to all the games. There's a lot of people who come in like that. I remember uh, watching, like, I used to go to Ireland games all the time. Like, you know, before Ireland were popular and when my dad, he'd bring me all the time, like, um, before the 1990 World Cup and the Euro 88. And then you couldn't get a ticket because all these corporate people were coming in and taking everything. You know what I mean? Like, so there's a lot of these people just go in for the final and all. And it just it takes away from the hardcore fans who, you know, spend all their money to go to every game, yeah. travel across Europe. You know, so I wouldn't want to um, I wouldn't want to take a ticket away from one of those people. So what's the plan for the final then? Uh, well, we go to Boston after this tour. Uh, a week from Tuesday, so I might just stay in Boston, yeah. um, and I might just try and find a good Liverpool supporters bar there because I live in Nashville now, and there's not too many um, good supporters Liverpool supporters bar, there. and I want to be there where it's an atmosphere. Yeah. So I can get to Boston, stay in Boston for a couple of days. It wouldn't it wouldn't hurt, you know, to, to, yeah. to try and find a good place. Well, there's plenty of links to Boston and Liverpool, isn't it? Obviously, the Huge. owners are from there, and it's that that kind of Celtic connection. Yeah, I might I might pop over to the owners, uh, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, his gaff might go up, pop in, you know. I probably won't be there, so I want me to take care of the gaff. I'll take care of the gaff, you know. So you confident about the final? Of course I am. You have to be. Like we're there for a reason. You know, we're not there to make up the numbers. We're we're there because we deserve to be there. Um, we demolished City. Uh, we demolished uh, Rome in the first game. The second game, I just feel like actually I talked to Aldridge a lot. John Aldridge, yeah, close ties with John, yeah, um, and yeah. Uh, with John, it's kind of like I talked to him after the game, their second yeah. game, and he was he was a bit down about it. But my mentality was, I feel like they did take the the, the foot off the yeah. off the pedal a bit because I feel like that they saw themselves through. They got a bit of a heart heart attack at the end, yeah. but I don't think there was any ever dangerous not going through. Yeah, I think with the final, I think uh, sorry the semi final, I think like the last ten minutes, Roman needed three just to force extra time. I think if you look at it in in terms of just the, the cold hard facts of it, it looks closer than it was. As you say, I don't think Liverpool are in any real danger of slipping into extra time and, and maybe going out. That Milner goal, though, <laughs> that was something else, to be honest. Yeah. But, yeah, I just think they took the, the foot off the pedal a little bit. And, uh, you know, it was just one of those things. But uh, I don't think there's any ever danger of not going through. Yeah. Talk about playing football when you were younger. Did you did you play a lot of football? Did you play in a certain position, for example? Or? Yeah, I, um, I tore my Achilles when I was about 11 years old. So I ended up going to go. So we'd have a... Every like we'd have a basically in the school I was in it's in Dublin City. Mm-hmm. They had this wall in the back because we're like part of the um, uh, how do you call it? Department of Education, right? So it was, it was a, it's a small Irish primary school, and then the departments of education. So there are always stuff going on around there, and there was like outside the school there was like a wall. So one of the guys came in because we always play football against the wall. Put our you know put our jumpers down for goalposts, and he basically painted a, a goal. And I put Muriel Packy Bonner like making the save. He was a national hero back in like yeah, 88, yeah. 89. So we used that goal, but I always went and goal for a game of World Cup, whatever, knockout World Cup, you scored a yeah, goal, you go yeah, through. Yeah. So I started playing in goal then. And then I played Gaelic football, which is our national sport. Yeah. It's a mixture of soccer and, uh, and rugby, football and rugby. Um, I've been in America too long. And, uh, <laughs> so I played that and I also played center half as well. Yeah. I was never, I was, I was, Shite in front of goal. <laughs> I couldn't score to save my life. I'm good at booting, like taking people out yeah. and putting the ball in, you know, in the stands and getting it out of there. But I'm goalkeeper, I love playing goal as well. Yeah. Um, not many people did, but I just love going to goal. Yeah. I saw this video, great video on Twitter of, of Brock Lesnar and Cesaro's in the video in Saudi Arabia <coughs> yeah. having a little kick playing around. football. Oh, yeah. 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 Are there any handy, handy um, superstars at a football? 
Uh, first of all, there was no way I was going to go out there. Being a, being a ginger hair, like <laughs> yeah. 110 degree weather was a no go for me. That was that was. People were asking me why I wasn't out there. Well, because it was like in the middle of the desert. So yeah. it doesn't go well. Too was just the climate. Well, yeah, it's like 110 degrees or something. Like uh, so, it would have been like maybe 50 degrees, yeah, 45 yeah. degrees, sun beating down. I would have been toast, man. I would have been the same color as this Morgan. But yeah, Rusev, Tony's good. Um, I'm trying to think who else will be good at the ball. Like we normally have a kick about Cesaro brings the football with him now on all the tours. Yeah, okay. So before the match, we'll warm up and just mm-hmm. have a kick about trying to keep the ball up, you know. Um, Rusev's good, obviously. Uh, Harper's not bad, actually. Yeah, Harper's yeah. pretty good. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Harper and who else will play? One of the Usos. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is there anyone that's sort of that we wouldn't know about who is, is a football or soccer fan um, well we have a so everyone plays FIFA now the most the yeah. most popular game now on the Switch we all have our Switches with us Switch yeah. with all the travel yeah. is uh, FIFA and Seth Rollins is a huge yeah. FIFA, FIFA yeah. turned into a huge football fan and he's a West Ham fan somehow. West Ham? West Ham yeah okay Triple H is a West Ham fan isn't he? Dan Humphreys well Dan Humphreys has brainwashed Triple H oh. and Seth Rollins, I think. Right. Right, Arnie? They don't know who Dan Humphreys is, but yeah. Oh, yeah, Dan Humphreys, nobody does. But he's, he's there. He, he exists in the shadows. Oh, he? And he's an avid <laughs> West Ham fan. He's West trying Ham. to brainwash people into supporting West Ham. Yeah. So, he can get, so he can get VIP privileges. Lifetimes <laughs> of misery. I'll try it. It's too late for me. By the time I get there, Dan Humphreys has already done the damage. Of course, there's a Robbie Brookside effect, and there seems to be a growing number of blues as well. Fandango. I saw there. Robbie Brookside yeah. the other day, and I said, "Robbie, what's the crack?" Yeah, he comes over. He's like, "I was just standing there against the wall before TV," and he just comes over, shaking his head, like just already yeah. like bitter and broken. What are you looking? <laughs> you know, what I mean, why are you looking so smug? It's like, "Not Robbie, how's it going?" He goes, "Yes, you gonna watch the final? Yeah, I'm gonna buy a Real Madrid kit." He tells me, <laughs> like, so he's very, very bitter. Yeah, very bitter. Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to put you on your toes. Um, another WWE Championship or a belt of your choosing? Or Liverpool win the European Cup on May 26th? I'll take Liverpool we win the European yeah. Cup. <laughs> yeah, good, good answer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you see all that stuff yeah. I've won there. The only other title I need, though, is the Intercontinental Championship, so yeah. I, can, I can wait for that. Like Liverpool win the European Cup and then I'll, uh, yeah. I'll wait a little bit before I take that IC title right. and complete the set. We'll open that up with a fair WrestleMania main event or Champions League final. Oh, right. Oh, yes, this is, these questions are unfair. <laughs> um, yeah, they're both special, man. They're they're both very very special. As I said, I want to obviously want to see. I was I love the main event WrestleMania, and I obviously want to see Champions League because like I, you know, you can't ask these questions. It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> not fair questions. So, talking of WrestleMania, then. Um, Paul, I don't think so, and I've never been lucky enough to go. Tell me about um, the list. Yeah, yeah, and I've been to a Champions League final. How do they compare in terms of, is it is that sort of atmosphere, the big game, the, the sort of hairs on the back of your neck sort of? Yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, two massive events, like uh, WrestleMania is, is, is very, very special. It's... Um, it's hard to describe. Like I still remember my first WrestleMania twenty six. Um, I remember just going out there against Triple H. I remember walking out, and I used to like arenas like, like. So I actually had my first dark match in Manchester in two thousand and six, trying to get a job. 
and I ran out, me and a guy called Ray Senior and another fella ran out. We were supposed to take like moves off at DX, Triple H and Sean. I remember like after I took whatever pedigree I rolled to the floor, I just remember like the noise of the crowd. There was like 20,000 people there at the, at the even News Arena. So then I went to Mania. I thought that was nothing bigger than that. You know, and then you do that every week. And then you go to Mania and you walk out and there's like 80,000 people. And it's just like a football, like a, like a mass. It's like walking yeah. out Wembley. Yeah. And then just this noise, this boom of noise coming down. And like my legs went to jelly and all. It's just, it's an incredible experience. It's an incredible show. Like it's literally all the bells and whistles. It's uh it's a different, it's a different vibe to, to the European, uh, the European Cup or Champions League final. Yeah. Completely different vibe. Yeah. It lasts a lot longer. Yeah. There's more matches. There's a huge different variety. You know, it's just, it's just the same type of deal with the crowd are yeah. very, very much involved. That's why when we come to the UK and Ireland, like it's like, you know, we get all these chants and after the, the the raw after Mania, it's all the UK crowd. UK, Europeans, Irish, you know what I mean? It's They're all over there, and they're all like, when you go to football, like, you know, there's this chance, there's yeah. the songs, there's all that stuff. That all happens. Um, that's why that, that's why they said the Raw after, after May. Well, like, like, they're like the, the Americans, like, Raw after May, and you're like, oh, it's this crazy thing. No, no, it's not. Like, if you go overseas and back to Ireland and the UK, you'll see this happens every Saturday or every Sunday at, at football matches. You know, it's just the people having the crack, not sitting on their hands, just there to enjoy themselves as opposed to critique everything. Yeah. Not saying Americans do critique everything. I'm just saying like it's just a different type of mentality. Yeah. Like you go to American games like hockey and stuff like that, and, and football. They're like they need to have people there and cheerleaders and stuff. You don't need that over here. It's just like it's very much passion. Like yeah. your passion from the word go. You're there because you want to be there, not because you're trying to fill some time. Yeah. But the, the road after WrestleMania is kind of it, it was kind of organic the way over the last ten years it, it's developed into that. Yeah. It's been quite smart of, of the company to, to kind of pick up on that and turn it into like an event itself. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, as you say, it is it is very much like being a, you know, a hostile European away day type of thing. It is it is that kind of atmosphere, isn't it? It is absolutely, and it's like the one thing I've learned over the time. I remember uh, again, racing here telling me like I remember having my first try. I had these wraps on my hands, you know. Had this thing, this, this gimmick, the fire your red hand, used to call it was all the, the kind of like ethos of mythology of Ireland, you know what I mean? And I'd have it, and I started unravel, and I was trying to like hide it in the match, and like he, you know, he's, he's, one thing he told me that day, which stood to me that the rest of my uh, career or up till now, was like, you know, never ignore anything that's right in front of you, you know what I mean? Never try and hide it. And the same thing with WWE, that, you know, when something happens, they, they acknowledge, instead of just trying to push under the rug, they, they acknowledge it, you know, yeah. and that's why the company is always got the cutting edge. Yeah. I want to ask you, preparing for a WrestleMania event, I suppose for many, many footballers preparing for a World Cup or preparing for a Champions League final, there must be certain things that they do. Is there, is there, do you have certain things that you do or how, how big is it in, in your preparations for, the, for an event like that? Well, for me and Cesaro, I can speak for him, is that there are people who like they'll, they'll cut down their diet Mm -hmm. The first thing is making sure you get on to WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like even though it's a stacked show, like you get on, but like you want obviously you want that singles match or that yeah. tag match. Yeah. You want that focus that's supposed yeah. to be in the battle royal. That's yeah. number one. Number two, like there are guys who cut down and they watch their diet, like yeah. for the the, the the ones so they can win shredded and get yeah. those pictures. For us, it's like it's that's what we, that we do all the time. We're always in the gym. We're always training. We're always watching our diet. We're always pushing as hard as we can. So it's like WrestleMania all year round. It's like, so football, right? The, the I know like the Champions is going to finish now and then the World Cup's going to start. So the players aren't going to get too much time off for the next season. But 
for us we don't get time off no. like we're on the road like as I said four, at least four days a week uh, including one, three non-TV matches and one TV show and then like stuff like this we're on tour now for like 16 days before that we're on tour for like 10 days before that tour. so and now we're like next one we have a tour in Japan that'll be a 10 day tour and then the month after that we'll be in South America so there's always <clears throat> we're always going there's no time off I mean it's just it just doesn't stop and the only time you get time off is really if you're hurt and you have to go off and get something done which touch wood or that's not even wood there. <laughs> there, <you laughs> there is one in the chair yeah, the chair, yeah. Uh, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's very much a punishing schedule isn't it and it's, it's something that has, has affected a, a, lot of, a lot of wrestlers over the years they've had to take a few months off to recover from this injury or that injury but uh, it, you know if you're not injured you're on the road aren't you then yep. it must be really tough to, to kind of get used to it is. I mean, the, the wrestling part's great crack. I mean, getting in that ring, walking down the aisle, it's brilliant. Like, mm-hmm. it's the other stuff that kind of just get, is a pain, pain in the arse. But uh, you just get get rid, get on with it. Like, like the travel, the airplane travel, delays are the worst. You know, like sometimes you get up at four in the morning, catch a six o'clock flight, and then you get in early to the city. The car rides can be tough on your yeah. body. That, I think I think that the, the travel to me is harder on my body than wrestling. Yeah. Like physically, because you're just stuck in the car for five hours. Like. You say five, like, I'm trying to think. You, I mean, I, I'm just trying to think of the scope of, like, if you do a drive here, like, oh, it's not, uh, five hours, you know, it's it's just different type of ge- geography over there, like, all those highways and stuff. Yeah. But, like, you drive, three, put it this way, 350 miles after a show, getting in at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, and then getting up the next day, then doing a the show, and then drive another 300 miles sometimes. It's it's a bit mad. Like, and they're not even considered big journeys, are they, over there? No. I've drove... Actually, talking to Sky Armstrong last night, who's one of the producers, he was a referee. I remember, I drove from Oklahoma to Indianapolis, and it took us. I drove seven hours straight. It was four hundred miles. I just nuts, nuts. How how do you keep that kind of, kind of schedule and follow Liverpool, follow football? Uh, with uh, my phone that yeah, Ernie has yeah, over there, yeah. it's great. I have um, the NBC app. Uh, and I can basically get on the NBC app and watch the games live. Yeah. Most of the time, I wake up and I wake up early in the morning. I'll sacrifice sleep to watch the games run NBC, yeah. which pretty much any hotel room has. So I'll yeah. turn it on, and there'll yeah. be three games in a row, which is amazing. Yeah. They'll be like, depending if you're on the East Coast, there'll be a half seven in the morning game. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think, half seven, like nine, and then it'll be like a 12, 12 yeah. o'clock game. Yeah. So there's always just at least three games on uh, in the season. You must, so. must have watched some games in some crazy places, though, when you're on the road or abroad, oh, yeah. maybe in, in Japan or whatever. Yeah, Canada's the, Canada's the worst because Canada doesn't have football on TV. It's not? No. Right. Uh, if it does, um, the hotels don't have it. Yeah. But I just use a thing called Tunnel Bear on my phone, so it just pretends I'm in America so I can watch the games. It's always away. Yeah. It's always away. Yeah. Is there a game that kind of sticks out where you, you're up at maybe like four in the morning in like Japan or anything like that just, just to watch the bill? Uh... Yeah, I've definitely watched games abroad. I've actually get, actually went to um, Australia. Um, was it like a couple of years, uh, maybe last year? Am I watching a game? I remember what? It was at two o'clock in the morning or something. I think it was. Yeah. Maybe was it that or I can't remember. It's like I remember being up like like watching the football. I don't know. I actually was in um, wasn't India. I think it was. Jeez, um, where would it have been? It might have been South Africa or it might have been uh, the Middle East somewhere I was watching. Actually, the Middle East might have been watching the game. I'm trying to remember here. Uh, Dubai or something. Yeah. 
watch the game at like it's 12 tough. or something. Australia. It's been weird. Australia is tough. I remember watching a, um, a derby with my mates who was a blue in a club at like three in the morning. <laughs> Everyone's dancing on the dance floor and we were like, we're on the TV. It was 2-2. Two, two, yeah, yeah, I, I was in Sydney tough. watching the, uh, the England-Wales game was on. So we were upstairs. It was like two o'clock in the morning. Everyone was bleeding, hammered. And, uh, <laughs> somebody broke a television set, like one of those massive TV sets. So everyone was. It was a bit of chaos. Turned to chaos. But uh, again, two, uh, two o'clock in the morning, watching yeah. football. Everyone, yeah. everyone on the lash. It's uh, probably not good for the the equipment, you know, <laughs> the electrical equipment. Probably the worst one I ever did was five o'clock in the morning for England Algeria in the World Cup. It's just not worth it. The worst, absolute worst. Nil nil. When you stay up, when you, that's the worst. When you stay up like at two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock yeah. in the morning, even five in the morning, watching nil nil draws. I remember actually being in Ireland watching the two thousand or no, hang on, wait, the ninety four World Cup. And one game that stuck out to me it was uh, in the USA, and I watched Spain against I think it was South Korea. And Spain went 2 0 up, and South Korea pulled it back to 2 2. It was an unbelievable game. Yeah. I, I was, again, one of, the, one of the rare times of, uh, like, you know, I didn't get any sleep at all. I went back to work. I went to school, went to work on the, on the Saturday morning, but that was crazy. Great game. I, couldn't, I just couldn't, I couldn't go to bed. Like, I was watching, it was a great game. 94, do you remember all those rants? You must remember that. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> great happens. Great tweets. Yeah. <laughs> the one against, uh, one against Italy. Before the draw, yeah. That's great, yeah. A lot, a lot of, like, uh, it wasn't as dynamic as some of the celebrations today, you know. <laughs> but it was still class. What about the '88 when they're out scoring against England? Oh, I was born in '88. Am I really that old? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm not at the World Cup this year. I, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm not much of an international football fan, but a World Cup without Ireland is uh, not really a World Cup. Yeah, Wales aren't in there either, are they? No. no Wales, no Ireland, no Northern Ireland. And they were so close as well, yeah. both teams yeah. getting through. Um, Scotland, they're, no, they're, 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 they're not going <laughs> in. Northern Ireland against Switzerland, wasn't it, yeah. in, the, in the playoff? Yeah, yeah so. Swiss beat them. Fifth Finley is from Northern Ireland, so yeah, yeah, Cesaro, yeah. so yeah, they went through. But um, I still think, I really got a lot of heat for this, but I still think they should combine the Northern Ireland Republic of Ireland team. I'd like the rugby. Like the rugby they have combined, I just think, you have so much talent now in Northern Ireland, you have a lot of talent on, on the Republic. We just combine them. You have a much stronger team, as opposed to two teams sitting at home for a World Cup. Maybe they could go to the yeah. World Cup together. You know, yeah, good point. Um, a lot of people disagree with me on that, but I just feel like that's. I mean, remember '78 or think or '82? We like we had Liam Brady, and there's a few other players we had, Kevin Moran, and of course, like you'd have the Nor the Northern Ireland team, Pat Jennings, and you know, just I just feel like just we're really handicapping ourselves with the with the with the talent we have. Yeah. Before we wrap this up, can we talk a little bit about your career at the moment? Um, yeah. Obviously now on the blue brand on SmackDown, have you been enjoying that? It's great. You know, it's a bit of a different situation for me because with Raw, it was three hours. SmackDown's two hours. It's a bit more laid back on SmackDown. Yeah. Um, it's a new challenge for us, uh, you know, a different schedule. But, like, we just continue to do what we always do. We always mm -hmm. go out there and give it our all. I feel like, I still feel like me and Cesaro are super underrated. Uh, for what we can do we, we never had a bad match we go out there and we elevate anyone we wrestle against um, and I just think that uh, there's nobody better than the two of us and given the opportunity on Smackdown we can show that again mm -hmm. uh, it's just sometimes it's like wrestling like anything wrestling it's, it's, um, it can be frustrating where you're at a lot of it depends on storylines and, and, and what, what, you know, what you're involved in 
but like you just you just gotta keep the head down and keep keep working away. There's no point looking for excuses. That's why like I created this Celtic Warrior Workouts yeah. YouTube channel, which has helped me um, just kind of put a lot of energy into that too. Yeah. Because you know, for me, it's all about. I have a lot of energy, have a lot of like motivation and passion. Um, and one thing that really helped me was like so after before me and Cesaro started feuding, I was kind of going through kind of going through the motions. I wasn't really enjoying my training. I kind of got stuck in a rut, mm-hmm. and like you know, I, I, I adapted this brave change philosophy, which is basically an idea where, you know, I wanted to start challenging myself again, stepping outside my comfort zone, um, and that's what I've started training with other people, uh, other trainers, other personal trainers, and other, uh, you know, gym experts, um, and that helped get me back uh, in the shape I wanted to be, and, and motivated me again to to just stick it back into fifth gear. And that's the whole point. Like I try, my idea now with the, the Celtic Warrior YouTube's channel is that uh, I want people to try and follow that because I know there's a lot of people out there who go they sign up for a gym membership and they go through the motions and they don't get anywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. It's, there's so many people. Yeah, so many people. Don't even bother. Yeah. Yeah. So many people. So that's why I did it. So that's me. I'm doing other people's workouts and I fail miserably at them. Like I'm, I'm huffing and puffing at I've the end. I've seen end. you over a few bins on that. <laughs> <laughs> few loads of times, you know. But that's the whole point. It's like I'm stepping inside my comfort zone. I'm showing people like, look, listen, I've been training since I was 16 years old. And I, I get blown up and I get like, you know, sick and I get puke. But like, and I, I get like... I look, sometimes it looks like it's my first day in the gym ever um, but that's just to motivate other people say look if this is me you know there's no shame you know I, you just leave your ego out there and, and just any way you can enjoy your workout and, and look at some of the workouts I do and maybe you can you know you can take something from them that will you know help uh, motivate you in the gym again my whole philosophy was all I know is I know nothing because if you go with that mentality you don't know anything you're just you're so much uh so much you can learn so much more you know you just open your mind up and you drop your ego at the door and you just you know you take it all in and just learn from it and and, uh, and get better and enjoy your workouts and um, Smackdown tonight at the Echo Arena um, yeah what's on, on the card there um, I think everybody's going to be there uh, AJ Shinsuke myself Cesaro the club the Bludgeon Brothers Usos New Day um, all the girls Becky Lynch who's uh Who's awesome? Another fellow Irish lass, um, Naomi, uh, Lana. Um, I'm trying to think who else will be there. Uh, Sin Cara will be there. Um, Alistair Black will be there. So the, the show is stacked. It's going to be a great show. It's always great when you come to Liverpool as well. You know, it's funny when I used to do these Liverpool shows. They always used to be on a Sunday for some reason, but this now is on a weeknight. Uh, you know, Sunday shows are a little bit lazier, but like I feel like it's going to be. I know it's going to be a great show, and I'm just delighted to be back here. Yeah. So much so that, you know, when we go to Manchester, I always sing You'll Never Walk Alone, <laughs> yeah, which yeah, the Manchester so, fans yeah. love. I yeah. couldn't believe how much they loved it, you know? Yeah. So it's great. Yeah. Which we can talk about. Do we talk about that? No, I, I, no we haven't done. So do, do tell us more about winding the yeah. <laughs> Manchester fans up. So obviously, as Liverpool fan, there's yeah, always that, yeah, like, yeah. you know, animosity between ourselves and Manchester United. Like, it's, as I said, we go back to, like, the 90s and stuff. Like, it was hard, you know, especially yeah. watching United come out of the. Yeah out of their rut and kind of take over the whole scene um, and they, they, they wouldn't be shy about gloating about it either so you know there's, there's, there's definitely that rivalry that's been there with United and Liverpool for such a long time especially because the cities are so close to each other but um, I just the first time I did it I guess I was wrestling Roman Reigns and uh, Roman again baby face but kind of getting a mixed reaction I think we did a story on that remember you did yeah. It? Yeah. yeah so I just took the microphone and yeah. on the cuff just 
yeah. saying I'll never walk alone. <laughs> and then on TV, uh, I convinced Sarah I was throwing a Liverpool kit. We went out, we had our uh, kilts on and we had our jackets on. And what's the delight of the of the Manchester faithful? We took our kit, we took our uh, our gear off and yeah. and uh, showed our Liverpool kits. Yeah. This one you're wearing now. Uh, this yeah. the one I'm wearing now. I had the shorts on, the socks on, the whole shebang. Yeah. And we actually won the tag titles there, much again to the yeah. dismay of the Man United fans. Actually, so much so there was so much heat that I, when we got to the stage, a bottle whizzed by by my head and missed me by like like two inches. Literally, I just felt this bottle. Yeah. I was like, 100 mile an hour, man. I can't understand why, because the stage was here, and the crowd all over there, like, it must have been, like, I don't know how he threw it so hard and so fast, because <laughs> surely he would have lost momentum, but that thing just missed me by that much. It was great. It was unbelievable, the reaction to taking off the jackets and showing Liverpool kit. It was, was, uh, was just unbelievable. It was one of the highlights. Bubba Ray Dudley actually uh, tried to basically take, you know, credit, but he's not even a football fan, and he didn't do what we did, so... So I'll stick it, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cesar, did he enjoy that as well? He loved it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It took a bit of convincing to, for Vince to, to let us to, to do it, you know. Really? I had to go in, yeah, because he just, he was, why would you want to do that? You got like, because his mind was like, you got your own t-shirts, right? Like, why don't you want to wear your own merits? He's like, no, no, this is, it's like, this is going to be special. So yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. do what you want, so. Because yeah. you, you see them do it a lot in, in for American audiences. They, they often wind American yeah. audiences up about their sports teams. Do, do they not, does Vince maybe not quite understand the same dynamic for I, the soccer team? I don't think it's the same over there. No. Like, here's the thing with American football sports teams, and you know, sporting sports a huge thing over there. But like, teams move cities. Mm. That's true. Yeah, almost right? comes to London, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah, the, um, teams move yeah. like teams move cities, but Liverpool in like Brighton. You know what I mean? Liverpool football moving to Brighton. It's like. That blows my like again. I just like I don't understand how that can happen. Like so, if your team of cities, then you know, like there are avid sports fans. That's that's a great thing about sports or supporting any team. It's like just you know, whatever's happening in your life, whatever's uh, whatever's going on, or whatever you're maybe you're you know you hate your boss or you know you maybe don't dislike your job or you're tired of your job. Like it just gives you the opportunity to go in and just you know switch off. Ernie, you all right there? Yeah, good. Good, Ernie. Thanks, Ernie. <laughs> um, so it just gives you that, that option to turn off to switch off and just enjoy the football like that's why like when politics and stuff comes into f- sports it doesn't work you know because people want to like switch off and just enjoy their team and enjoy the game um, I think over here it's different you don't move teams your team is there for life your your great granda your granda your da you know you your son you know, they're like your grandson like it's just it's 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 um it's in, it's engraved in the family, yeah. you know what I mean. It's it's more. It's like Shanky said, uh, football. Uh, what was it? Shanky said it's um, it's more. It's not a matter of life and death. It's much more important mm-hmm. than that, right? And and that's what he's saying. It's like, it's just, this is it's, it's engraved in our culture. It's engraved in who we are. Whether you like football, whether you like rugby, whatever it is, like, like you know. But it's 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 the sports that go deeper. You know, the team sports and the club sports and. Uh, it's a different mentality over here than it is because like you'll find over there even in the states too you'll find them like like people living in san diego like the eagles for whatever reason or they went to college there so like it's not like it's not handed down mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's the difference i feel yeah. like it's not like this is like you grow up and you, you grow up a fan you know you're, you're your your dad brings you to the the club when you're as soon as you're old enough to go to the club you know and that's just the way it is like it's part of your you're, yeah, it's just engraved in your family and your and your culture and your city and who you are, you know. Yeah. Um, which goes back to the Liverpool team, which I want to say like, 
a lot of people are talking about Salah, and Salah's unbelievable, especially when he was. I remember he was at Chelsea, and then he, you know, they got, they offloaded him, you know, which Chelsea don't have dropped the ball. A lot of great players are, you know, that's that's, you know, for us that's an unbelievable. That became an unbelievable, unbelievable opportunity. I'm struggling with words right now because I've been on the road for so long. <laughs> but uh, I think like there's a lot of great players. Van Dijk has come in. Lovren's had, had probably one of the best seasons he's ever had. Uh, Trent uh, Alexander-Arnold, unbelievable find. It reminds me of Rob Jones. Remember we found yeah, Rob Jones yeah, through yeah. Alexander in '92. Yeah, it's that kind of vibe. Like there's a lot of youth in that team. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot further they can go. You know, it's not like an aging team. It's a young team. You know. And there's already a lot of experience in there. And I'm so excited, not just for the, the Champions League final of 26, but also for the future of Liverpool Football Club. I'm ready for them to, to take it up, take this uh, Champions League football, knock Real Madrid off their perch, who are an aging team. You know, I mean, I can't stand it. Like, like you know, Ronaldo does nothing in the game, scores and takes his shirt off as if he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. That, that just, does that not rub you up the wrong way? Yes, it's the worst. Yes, Especially when against uh, Juventus in the second leg in, in, uh, in Madrid. He was the nothing the whole game. Yeah. They got a penalty, which I don't think was a penalty. And then uh, Buffon gets sent off. And then he scores a penalty and takes his shirt off. Like, yeah. what a tosser. <laughs> uh, can we finish with, I want a score prediction for the, uh, the final. Um, I think it's going to be Liverpool 3, Real Madrid 1. I hope you are right. Seamus, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank absolute. you so much. For Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I really yeah. appreciate it. It's been great. Look forward to seeing you in action tonight. Yeah, yeah. great. Stuff. Thank you very much. Thank Cheers. you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.